like to hear the football cheers and play the characters that you cheer. So join us as we go, 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 Below the Frame. On this episode of Below the Frame, I'm talking to my friend, Muppet performer David Rudman. David, of course, plays Cookie Monster, Baby Bear on Sesame Street, and Scooter, Beaker, Janice for the Disney Muppets, and he is here today. We've also got a Jerry story and a song as well, so let's go Below the Frame. Come on! Go, go, go Below the Frame. Welcome to Below the Frame with me, Matt Vogel. If you are listening to this podcast, please rate and review it. There, I have said it. Uh, today, I'm talking to David Rudman. I love David Rudman. He was one of the very first Muppet performers that I did a lot of right-handing for on Sesame Street for uh, for, for a lot of seasons. Um, I was David's right hand for Baby Bear and Cookie Monster later, and, and it was a great training ground for me. David is such an interesting and brilliant performer, and I... I'm so excited for you to hear this talk today. I love talking with David, and I hope you enjoy it. So uh, without further ado, let's do it. Let's get into it. Let's go. Let's go below the frame with David Rudman. David Rudman, welcome to Below the Frame. How are you? I'm great, Matt Vogel. How are you? I'm good. That That's the voice I was talking about. I, it's not too diff- too much different from your regular It's, it, it's just golden like, tones. it's got more, more oomph. oomph. Yeah. yeah. It's not I think that's quite. What it is. It's not like an NPR voice. It's not. No, like what would that be? It would be kind of like talking like this more, <laughs> right? right? Yeah, that's like right. Here, getting really close to the mic and just <laughs> almost kinda, whispering. Um, so, Matt, yeah, it's good to yeah. see you. Um, it's good to see you. So, this is called um, "Below the Frame." Is that what? That's it is? right. Yes. Okay. So we discuss things that go on below. Right. The it's frame. more of a, a behind the scenes. We have I to do see. this the whole time. No. And they do this all no, day. I think they do. Yeah. That's crazy. I, we've done NPR before, and they've said, "All right, let's get our NPR voice, everyone." Like they <laughs> actually say, "Really? That. Yeah, yeah." Well, they actually, it's a thing. It's a thing. Well, we don't anyway, need that. We're going to use our below the frame voice. Yeah, and it's a good thing that you're not recording this part of it because this is really painfully boring. What are you talking about? What? This is the gold. Okay, we're going. <laughs> we're going. This is going to be the best part of it. I love it already. I don't know. Mm. So, David, I'm going to talk to you about all kinds of things, and we're just okay. going to we're just going to we're going to plow through as much as we can of your Let's life. Okay. All right, yeah. we're going to just start with uh, where'd you grow up? Um, I grew up in uh, Highland Park, Illinois, which is um, north of Chicago, north suburb of Chicago, about half hour out of Chicago. It's John Hughes. Country. That's where John Hughes filmed all his movies here. Oh, it is? Ferris Bueller. Sixteen Candles? Six, I think that was here, yeah. Um, Home Alone. All up there uh, in Highland Park. Yeah. Highland Park in like the northern suburbs here. So, so was growing up in, High, in Highland Park very similar to growing up in a John Hughes movie? Uh yeah yeah like in the 80s it was kind of it was kind of like that <laughs> like uh, it was okay. yeah it was kind of like yeah um yeah i mean you know i grew up in the 70s so it was a little it was a little different than john hughes movies those right. were like 80s 90s but 70s was you know i was i was born in 63 so it was you know like you know i grew up like late 60s um early yeah. 70s i was you know we had a lot of friends in the neighborhood we um, it was a very busy uh, house. I have three brothers, 
Um, so, and we kind of had the house that um, everyone would come to, like the whole neighborhood would gather at our house because we had a really nice like side yard where we could uh-huh. play football and you know baseball. And my dad <laughs> put up a basketball court in the backyard, so we had a lot of sports going on. And everybody came TV. to your house. Everyone came to, and we never locked our doors. So, like, even when we weren't home, <laughs> people would come yeah. to our house. We'd get home, and there'd be like three people in our, you know, watching TV, eating pretzels. It's like, oh, hey, did, did you know? just thought it was okay to come into your house? Yeah, it was okay. We we were okay with yeah. it. it so, t- tell me just a little bit about your family. You said you had three. You have three brothers. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about them and your parents. Um, well, I have an older brother, Steve, who. Yep, I've did met. you meet Steve? You met yeah, Steve. I met Steve yeah, yeah. recently. You didn't believe yeah. he was real for a, a few years. I, I, I no, nobody believed he was real. <laughs> um, so he's a year older, and then I have two younger brothers, uh, Peter and Adam, and they're twins. Mm-hmm. Um, they're five years younger than me. Um, and and my dad, you've met my dad before. Um, yeah, Jerry, yeah. And, Jerry, and my mom uh, passed away when I was 11. Oh, so man. we had, um, you know, a little bit of tragedy in our lives when we were young. So I was 11. Yeah. Uh, Adam and Peter were six. Oh, jeez. And rough. Steve was 12. So, um, you know, my dad raised us. So we had a house full of, full of boys. Um, yeah. So how, that was... Uh, how did he do? Know, he, did, he did great. I yeah. mean, it really... He, he really gave a lot to us. And he really, you know, sacrificed a lot to just, you know, raise us and... Make sure we were all good and all you know, fine through the through the whole thing. Um, he also we had a lot of help. We grew up in a neighborhood with a lot of family. So my grandparents, my mom's parents, lived down the street. Um, so and my mom's sister, my aunt, lived around the corner. So we had a lot of you know support through that's good. through all that. Yeah, yeah. that's helpful. It's yeah. got to have people around. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what kind of things did you do as a kid in the seventies, <laughs> other than football and you know baseball and? Yeah, a lot of a lot of sports. Um, and then um, it was I was really into art. I was really into making things. I loved creating things using my hands. Loved making sculptures and um, and also you know making. We had a little movie camera, and I would uh, you know just make movies like a little, a little what was movie. it was it like eight millimeter or yeah. 16 or something yeah. no and sound no, i don't think there was sound yeah no sound but i just figured <laughs> i found it and i'm like wait we have a movie camera and so we got and i would just start shooting things around the house and making weird little videos and things um <laughs> so that was that was really fun and yeah i had you know I, I was really like a little creative kid so i love to you know paint and draw and, and um, you know make all different kinds of art that's when you sort of, when you were making things, were you, were you ever making puppets? Um, not at first, but then eventually I did start to build puppets. How'd that happen? Well, I think it was from seeing the Muppets on on TV, and I was very inspired by um, you know watching the Muppets, seeing them on television because they were it was everything I loved kind of combined into one thing. You know, yeah. I loved you know, art and sculpture. And I also loved television and I loved, you know, music and comedy and, you know, and it was like, I saw the Muppets. It was like, that's like everything I love to do right, right there. And one thing. So, you know, I just started to really pay attention to how like the Muppets were made. I was really curious about like, 
what are they made of? What are those materials? And how are they being worked? And what, yeah. what's going on? Like, how do they, their arms move? And I started to really, you know, I was eight. <laughs> I think I was really yeah. young. Yeah. And I, you know, I was watching Sesame Street, but not because I was learning about letters and numbers. I was watching it because, you know, I loved, <laughs> like, like, just the, the art of it, you know? Yeah. And I loved the animation on Sesame Street. I loved the Muppets. I loved the music. It was all, like, it was super creative. Um, and at what point did you learn about Jim Henson? Um, so I think it must have been around that time. I think, you know, maybe I started to see him appear on different shows, you know, and then you start to attach him to the Muppets and then you'd see him on the shows working Kermit. It's like, oh my God, yeah. that's the guy who does Kermit. And his voice sounds just like Kermit's and yeah. <laughs> there he is just doing it. And it's just a puppet and it's amazing. So I, I started to be, um, yeah, I think just from seeing Jim appear on different, you know, talk shows and things and. Um, and then what, then this is amazing. So when I was 12, I don't even know if you know this story. Um, I, um, my, my aunt and uncle, my dad's sister and her husband live, live in New York. My dad grew up in New York and they lived on, um, 73rd between like Columbus and Amsterdam. Um, and they had a bunch of friends in New York and one of their friends worked for CTW. So, um, and they knew that I was interested in the Muppets and puppetry. And, and so they arranged for me to go to the set of Sesame Street when I was 12. And what? Yeah. So I didn't know that. Yeah. So I flew to New York by myself. Um, and they picked me up at the airport. And um, first of all, they took me to an Elton John concert. So it was my first concert at the Garden, which was really cool. This was like 1974. Five maybe or four. Pretty cool. Um, and then I got to go see a taping of Sesame Street. So basically, my uncle walked me to the studio. It was on 81st Street, and was like, "Okay, I'll see you at you know three o'clock." <laughs> okay, <laughs> bye. And I'm like standing in front. Of, I walk into the studio, and they had my name at the gate, and they're like, "All right, go on in." I'm like, "All right." I'd never been in a TV studio. I didn't know what, what to do. So I walk in, and I'm like, it's kind of dark. You know, I'm looking around, and, I'm, and I hear some, like, action going on in the back of the studio, and there's some lights on. And I start walking towards that. And then I realize, like, I look around, I'm on Sesame Street. Like, it's dark. <laughs> but I'm like, oh, yeah, there's Oscars can, there's Big Bird's Nest, there's Hooper's Store. So then I'm, wow. and I walk through the street to all, where all the activity was happening in the back, and I start to hear Grover's voice. And I'm like, what? So then I come around the corner and I see Grover on a mountaintop. And there's cameras and there's lights and there's people standing around. But Grover's up on the mountaintop doing this echo bit, like on the mountaintop. <laughs> He's like calling off and there's an echo going back. And I'm yeah. watching it happen, you know. And so I just was like, oh, my God, this is amazing. Like, I didn't know, like, Frank Oz or anybody. That. So, yeah. so they finished the they finished the um, Grover bit and all of a sudden Frank comes out from behind the thing and he's got Grover by the neck. You know, he just throws him <laughs> on the table and mm-hmm. he walks away. And then I look over at this table and there's like Ernie and Kermit and Guy Smiley and they're all laid out on the table and Carolee Wilcox was there. And so I just started talking to her and she, and she was like, oh, are you interested in puppets? I go, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm interested in the Muppets and puppetry. And she goes, oh, well, have you met Jim? I go, no. <laughs> and she goes, you want to meet Jim? I go, uh, okay. <laughs> so 
so he wasn't he wasn't around yet, but I was just kind of like looking at the puppets and and I said, "Hey, can I put on can I put one on?" And she's like, "No, I'm sorry. We don't let people put the puppets on." Um and then I I said, "All right." And then <laughs> I had to see what was inside. I had right. to get my hand inside a muppet because I needed to know what was just going on. What it on felt in there. like, what what it was. Yeah. So I um so Carolee walked away and no one was kind of there, so I'm like, I'm putting my hand in Guy Smiley. So I, <laughs> so I put my little 12-year-old hand inside the pup, and I'm like, oh, wait, there's like stuff, there's a thing to hold on up there, and then there's a little hole to put your thumb, and that's how, and then I like took my hand out quickly. But I had to like do wow. it. I had to like yeah. know what was in there. So anyway, and then Jim came out, and she introduced me to him, and I was like super nervous. And I was, he was so tall, and I was a little guy, and I'm looking up at him, and I... <laughs> Didn't know what to say. I was like so like nervous, and and then um, they started doing another bit. They did the six dollar and forty seven cent man or something like that. It was Kermit was <laughs> it was like a six million dollar man spoof. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they did that, and Kermit was there, and Jerry Nelson was doing the scientist. And anyway, it was amazing. It was wow. amazing. And then that was that. That's unbelievable yeah. as a twelve year old to be walking onto Sesame Street. Yeah. And how did your mind not just? explode it did i mean that really was kind of the moment where i was like i really feel like i need to do this like this is this is like this is a job i mean this is an amazing job yeah so i was very inspired when i left left and i kind of just you know thought about it all the time and really started to build puppets more and you know really kind of dive into the whole muppet thing when you were building your puppets did you have Patterns? Did you just make it up as you were going along? Did you get patterns from somebody else? How no, did you I just, do it? I just found stuff around the house. I, you know, we had tons of Nerf balls around our house because we were always like <laughs> throwing Nerf balls at each other. And so I just would like grab a Nerf ball and cut it open and make a mouth. And you know, so I used that. And then I just started to, you know, f- like bleach bottles and just stuff that I would find around the house. I just started turning them into puppets. Yeah, um, and just learning, just figuring it out you know, on my own, really. And, and did you do puppet shows around for kids or, or, or for your family or anything yeah. like that? Yeah, I did. I did. Um, I would put on um, records and lip sync songs and do little, little, little skits for my family. And, you know, my family had gone through this tragedy, like, you know, the year, like a year before this. And yeah. So I just, I loved to like entertain them. You know, I loved, you know, when my grandparents would come over and my aunts would come over and I would put on like me and my brothers we'd you know not steve but me and adam and, <laughs> actually steve did something but um he was a little we, older he was a little older but we would like you know do skits we'd we'd do like um you know like cheech and chong bits and you know we we're really into like comedy records like steve martin and george carlin and you know so we would just rip off their bits basically and do them yeah. you know and and do like puppets and just trying to entertain everybody yeah so yeah. that's kind of you know where it all started, I guess. And then, so when you were in high school, yeah, were you thinking one day I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go to school for this? Did you, or just think you were going to go right out of school to join the Muppets? What was your plan if you had um, one? I didn't. Well, I thought like my long term plan was to somehow get in with Muppets, you know, mm-hmm. but I didn't think that was going to happen until I graduated college. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and what what happened during high school, once I started to visit my aunt and uncle during the summer, that summer, I would go back like every summer because I loved New York. 
Like I love just walking around New York and they, and they would just let me wander the streets, <laughs> you know? So even yeah. like when I was 13, 14, 15, I would go like every summer and spend like a week with them. And hmm. my uncle worked at the GM building, which is like right by Central Park. And I would just sort of like, just, he'd just let me wander. So I would like, you know, go wander the streets, but I would also call Muppets and bug them to see if I could come in, get a tour <laughs> around the workshop or, yeah. you know, so I got to go see the workshop a couple of times. Um, when I was in high school, but anyway, so I got to, you know, I met like Carolee Wilcox. She didn't obviously remember me from when I was a 12 year old kid, but, um, <laughs> right, right. uh, and then I, um, so yeah, so then, um, what, what was the question? I'm so sorry. Uh, what was your plan? <laughs> were you thinking you were going to oh, go yes. to the Muppets, but I know that yes. you, you, you know, right after high school, yes. what happened right after high okay, school? Okay. So, you? so, um, during high school, I built a bunch of puppets and, um, and then I called the Muppets just like to see if they were hiring for the summer before I went to college as like an intern or just something to do in the workshop. And, um, they said, well, um, yeah, why don't you, why don't you come in and, you know, bring some of the puppets you made and, and we'll, we'll see. So I, um, so I, I flew to New York again and I, uh, it was during my spring break, my senior year of high school, where everyone was going to like Florida and having yeah. fun. I went to New York with a box of puppets. Um, <laughs> and I went to the workshop and showed Carolee Wilcox and a couple of other people. And it was like, all right, well, thanks. You know, we'll let you know. Um, and so then two, about two weeks later, they called and said that they wanted to hire me for the summer as a puppet builder. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So I graduated high school and I... Um, I went to New York and started working for them in the workshop and met, you know, I worked with Ed Christie, Jane Gutnick was there. Um, who else was there? A lot of, it was 1981. So mm. every, most of the people from the shop were in London. They were doing Dark Crystal. They were shooting I Dark see. Crystal. Yeah. So, and they kept like showing like um, dailies. So they would have dailies come in. To New York, and we would you all go. To sneak in and yeah, see them? so we go. Yeah, they would invite us all over, and we'd go watch some of the dailies of Dark Crystal being shot. Wow! Um, and I, um, you know, I did a bunch of things. I built a, a like a, a big Fozzie Bear puppet for a display. Mm-hmm. Like a, it was like scaled up ten percent five, but a full Fozzie puppet. I built um, an Oscar for Sesame Live, like a Oscar puppet. Yeah. Um, yeah. I carved Swedish chef hands for a for another display. I did um, <laughs> made some chickens. It was really really fun. I learned a lot, and yeah. I was in like I was in like this. And I was eighteen, and I was in this whole like Muppet world. Um, and wow. then I um, and then did, I, did I, you meet any Muppet performers along the way up to that point? Other than I mean, you met back in the day. You met you yeah. know, Jim and Frank. You saw from, from right. afar. Right. But did you meet anybody else during this internship? Not during the internship, but the, but the summer before, I I met Richard. So this is mm-hmm. this was um, maybe you were a junior. I was a junior going into my senior year, um, and I um, was in Washington for the summer. I had another relative who lived in. I have relatives like all of you the do, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I had another relative who lived in in Maryland, Bethesda, Maryland, and there was this puppet festival happening. Um, in DC in 1980, it was like this big international puppet festival. And there was, um, like a, at the Kennedy center, there was a show, there was like Muppets and Sherry Lewis and Bill Baird and like all these like famous puppeteers were going to be performing. 
uh, and so I went. I went. To, mm. I got to go. I signed up for it. I, you know, and I, um, and I went. And there was a reception beforehand that if you bought a ticket, you can go to the reception and just sort of wander around. Right. So I didn't know anybody. So I'm, I'm just kind of like you know wandering around and I'm looking around and I see oh my god, there's Jim Henson. He's in Frank and they're surrounded by all these people. And I'm just kind of wandering around, and I look over and I see this guy who looked really familiar, and I'm like, "That's one of the Muppet guys." Like I knew, <laughs> I recognized him because the 60 Minutes thing that they did was on like a few months before that. And yeah. I'm like, I think that's that's like his name is Richard Hunt. That's the he's one of the guys. So and he's just kind of standing there by himself, and he's just looking around. And so I went up to him, and I said, "Wait, are you are you um, Richard Hunt?" He goes, "Yeah. How, how do you know me?" I go, I don't know, I recognize you. You're you're one of the Muppet guys. He goes, You recognize me? He goes, Yeah. He goes, Come here. And he grabbed me by my shirt and he dragged me over to Jim and Frank and said, I got recognized. <laughs> and they kinda like looked they kinda looked at him like, Oh, that's great, great Richard. And I just was kinda looking up at him like, Hi <laughs> And they went back to their, you know, oh being gosh. surrounded by their fans and he just, you know, and then after that we just Hung out. We just started talking. Um, there was a bunch of other kids my age who were there, like high school kids, and they all gathered around Richard. He was like the Pied Piper. Like everyone yeah. loved him, and so he just had this like group of teenagers around him, <laughs> and he was just so funny. And we got to hang out with him before the show, and even the first half of the show, he goes, "You know, I'm going to sit with you guys because I'm not until the end of the show. Let me let me sit <laughs> with you guys." So he sat with us for the you know beginning of the show, and. Then he went backstage and did the show, and that was it. And I never saw him again until hmm. yeah. the summer I was working as an intern in the workshop. He came in for something, and he's like, hey, aren't you that guy from Chicago? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yeah. He's like, how'd you get here? So anyway, that was it. It was good to kind of connect with him again. And it started a relationship that you guys had for years. You know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, we I were mean, really yeah, we were pretty close. We were really close, yeah, all the way through. Yeah. So you did that internship. We'll come back to Richard here in a little bit, but you did that internship, then you went to college at UConn. Yes. And um I I would if I don't mention this, um some of the other guys are gonna give me a, a hard time. But you did some acting work. Didn't you do some acting work? You did, did. in 1983. You were in Risky Business, are you not? Well, I was, I, yes. I was an extra. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. <laughs> I was an extra, and I'm like so far in the background. <laughs> but that, you can but see you. You're there. You can see me. And I, I was in a lot of scenes in that movie, and they were all cut out. Like I was, you know, the well, scene Did you have where, lines? I didn't have lines. But I was, you didn't have lines. You know, there, I, was, I was, maybe I was 20. I don't even, yeah, I was 20. So uh, they, um... And they were shooting it in, in Chicago, and they shot a lot of it in Highland Park, actually. Um, but um, so I got on because I was doing, I was auditioning for commercials and, you know, acting stuff back in the, back in the day. And so my agent was like, hey, there's this movie filming uh, called Risky Business. They're looking for, like, high school kids. You know, we're going to put you up, you know, we're going to submit you for it. And they, they, you know, I got to go work on that movie for, like, two weeks. So oh, um yeah. That's a long time. It, I just figured it was a day because it was no, that. it was a lot. It was a lot, and oh. we, it was that whole scene where Joel. Have you seen? You've seen Receipt yeah. Oh yeah. Where the prostitutes come into the house, yep. and all those guys are roaming around, and all the girls are roaming. I was in like all those scenes, 
I'm in the kitchen. I'm up in the bedroom. Like I was all over the place. Um, and I'm not in. And I'm not in any of the movies. Like you can't see me at all in there, <laughs> except in that back. Except you're in the like back. I'm in the kitchen, way in the back, and then I'm yeah. on the lawn when they're playing on the front lawn where there's like guys playing football, like in the way back. <laughs> um, but anyway, it was really amazing to be there. It was the first kind of you know movie I was. Or, in on or worked on and Tom Cruise no one knew who he was I think it was his first movie oh yeah okay I brought up Risky Business but in 1984 you did a different movie oh no no you did Muppets Take Manhattan oh yeah that yes you did that I thought you you were talking about it I'll bring that up in a second (laughs) yeah so yeah so once I was kind of in with uh, you know Muppets and at the end of that summer I made an audition tape for Jim at the end of my intern summer and Mm -hmm. Jim saw the tape and he really liked it and he um wanted to bring me in as a performer so anyway so i started to do that i was still in college but i was i would spend my summers you know working with the muppets or if something would come up and they needed people he would they would reach out to me and if i was free if i had like a vacation or something i would come in to new york and work on it so i worked lots and lots of things during college and this and muppets take manhattan um happened during the summer so I got to work on the the entire movie, so I was there for every wow. day from May to September. What were you doing um, on that film? So I was doing all like you know for the big group scenes. I would do like Ralph if Jim was doing Kermit, or I would do Doctor Teeth, or I would um, you know just do um, whatever they needed for those shots. So that's some big responsibility, yeah, to yeah. handle some of those characters yeah. that are yeah you know heavy hitters, right. So it's pretty cool. That's yeah, there was like a group guy. of us, and yeah, and um, and then I would assist. I'd do like Kermit's hands, and you know, you know Ralph's right. When Jim was doing Ralph, I'd do his right hand or Fozzie's right hand or whatever mm-hmm. they needed. Um, so yeah, so I was on that for the whole whole summer, and was I'm in there it any... too as like an extra, like all over the place. I think yeah, I remember. <laughs> I think all the Muppet performers are in that yeah. opening. Yeah, scene, the audience. Right? But in then the I'm audience? on the phone and Pete's. I'm in. I'm walking on the street and another. I'm like in that movie a bunch of times. Because <laughs> I just say, "Can I go?" Can I? And yeah, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Put them in. Uh, yeah, and so that's really cool. I do want to mention this other thing that you did in 1985. There was this product that came out called New Coke. Oh yes, that's the other thing. <laughs> Oh yeah, <laughs> you're in a new Coke commercial, but and we have tried so hard to find that. You I don't can't find it anywhere. Yeah, I think it. I think it only aired like one time, if it even <laughs> aired at all. But I did. I did it in '85. It was the first commercial I ever auditioned for in New York, and I got it. And I'm actually like drinking the Coke at the end, like you know they have the guy. Uh, yeah, the the, like the yeah. hero shot. So, uh, and it was on a college camp. I think they shot it. I think it was in Fordham, up at Fordham. We shot it there. Um, and, um, it, it was, uh, like a day, um, and I don't know, I mean, I, I know, I just actually found the, um, the, the check receipt for it. I was like looking through all the old stuff and I'm like, oh, there it is. Yeah, there like it, it is. was like a holding fee check. So yeah. I'm like, all right. But I don't, I don't know like if it ever aired or if it yeah. did air. Maybe it aired once. I don't know. Got to be some way to find that. Yeah. If anybody can find that new Coke commercial <laughs> with David Rodman, man, that would be awesome. New Coke. But anyway, so it looked like you were trying to be an actor and then also trying to be a puppeteer. Were you, were you kind of going back and forth of like what you wanted to do or what might hit no. first? Or I, I didn't really want to be an actor. Mm-hmm. I, I really had no desire to do that. I just kind of did it. It was a fun thing to do. It was like, you know during downtime with Muppets and thing, I just, 
went out and auditioned for commercials. That was it, yeah. really. But I, I really had no desire to like be an actual actor. I really I wanted to be more behind the scenes. Like if anything, I wanted to direct or you know mm. be more behind the scenes than on camera. We'll be back with David Rudman in a few minutes. But first, we've got a Jerry story. Today, Leslie Carrara-Rudolph is going to share a memory of our friend Jerry Nelson and then read a story by Jerry. Leslie? Jerry Nelson's voice. I think that's what got me. I mean, Jerry's voice captured me heart and soul. And by soul, I mean his voice resonated in me, like like the mystics in Dark Crystal. It had this rare bass timbre that can't really be described, only felt. You know, in his singing, his great laugh, maybe it was his dog energy, his wolf energy. Maybe it was my spirit animal. I don't know. Because I think I connected to his characters in a layered way, not just because they were funny or cool or compelling. It, it was that richness. No one sounds like Jerry. And, um, well, growing up, I collected frogs. And so, of course, I had a Kermit, and I was obsessed with the Muppets. But my favorite frog was Robin, which was Jerry. And is it weird to have a crush on a Muppet? Because I did. And I guess I don't care because I had a crush on Robin and Rolf. That would be my second crush. But my first one was Robin. And when I finally met Jerry, I tried not to nerd out. It was so geeky. But I actually heard Jerry before I met him in person. Of course, I heard him on Sesame Street and the Muppets, but I actually heard him singing the first day I met him face to face. It was on Muppets Tonight, and his dressing room was right next to mine, and every morning Jerry would sing and play guitar. I would get there early so I could hear him, and I would lean my ear against the wall as he serenaded me with his tunes, a lot of them, the songs he wrote. When I saw him in the hallway, I kind of chased after him like a puppy, um, telling him how much I love your voice, and, you know, we began to talk about music and theater and, and stuff. On set, when we waited to be chosen to be right hands, Jerry would pick me when no one else really wanted me. Bill and Brian would pick me occasionally, but Jerry would say, Hey, look who I have an eye armpit. I bet she smells better than what you got. I was so proud of that. He would even pick angel cards with me. And one day he pulled his wallet out and showed me a picture of Jan and said, This is my real angel. You know, Jerry really took me under his cape, and he got to know me and and encouraged me to keep creating my own work. And when I finally made it to my dream job on Sesame Street, well, Jerry was there. He had his oxygen tank at the time, and I guess I was a little surprised to see him getting ready to perform. Matt was by his side, and I had my little fairy on it, and I was so excited because he knew my journey. I sat down next to him. I said, Jerry, you're here. He said, I wouldn't miss your first day. And Abby and the Count are in the same scene. Always have that moment. 1966 through 1970, leading up to Sesame Street. Sometime in 1966, although Jim had lots of projects in development, the work dropped off, and since I was the last one hired, I was the first one fired. I went back to work for Bill Baird, 
but occasionally Jim would call and ask if I was available for one or another of the many variety shows that were on television at that time. Johnny Carson, Ed Sullivan, Perry Como, Hollywood Palace, The Share Show, among the ones that I remember. I would always ask Bill if it was okay with him to do these jobs. I felt it was important to be upfront about these side jobs. At some point, I went out to San Francisco and had lots of adventures which have nothing whatsoever to do with puppetry and lots to do with blank and blank and rock and roll. And so I'll save that for the unexpurgated version of my life in the alternative universe. When I returned to the East Coast, I needed to work fast. So I went to see Bobby Bryant at the Village Gate, where I had worked as a waiter in the early 60s. All he had available at the time was a dishwasher spot, and since I needed the money, I took it. After the initial dinner rush, it wasn't so busy, so I would stand just outside the kitchen door in the shadows and listen to the great jazz of bands like Horace Silver, Jerry Mulligan, and Herbie Mann. Willie Bobo played timbales with Herbie, and he would see me standing in the shadows, listening to the smaller group Herbie started his set with, so he started calling me Lamont Cranston, the shadow's real name. Potato also played with that band, and I would run into him later in England while doing the Muppet Show, but there I go diverging again. Someone steered me to a job with Anaforms, a company that went into various trade shows advertising a variety of products on exhibit. Anaforms used characters that were rubber outlined, highlighted with black light. They were animated with black rods on a black background, so only the outlines, a sketch, of the characters were seen. The outfit was run by the Bunnan Brothers, who did a puppet show on early television called Pinhead and Fudini. I remember it was a very bizarre and funny show. <laughs> After returning from L.A. at the end of that year, 1969, I was at a Christmas party in the afternoon, and I saw this truly unique TV program. It had advertisements for letters and numbers. It reeled me in like a fish on a line, very catchy. And then these Muppet monsters were on, making me laugh out loud. I knew Jim was doing a children's show, but it was beyond anything I could have imagined. After the new year, I called Jim and I made an appointment to go up and have a chat. I told him how much I liked Sesame Street and what a joy it was to watch. And we talked about the show, what I was doing, and other things that had been happening. Jim told me he was running a workshop in June 1970 in order to fill out a company of puppeteers to work on an Ed Sullivan production and asked if I would be free to participate. In April, I gave two months' notice to Anaforms. Many of the people in those workshops were very talented, and some went on to join, on a somewhat more permanent basis, the Muppet family. Richard Hunt was in that workshop, as were Fran Brill, Marilyn Sokol, Carolee Wilcox, John Lovelady, Aaron Oscar, Danny Segrin, John Beerham, and many others. We went on to do the Sullivan special, which was The Great Santa Claus Switch, starring Art Carney and a cast of happy little Christmas elves, Grackles and Giants, Thig and Thog, which we shot in Toronto. And at the end of that project... He asked me if I would like to work with them 
on Sesame Street. Oh, yes, indeed. I was over the top. We started taping the second season in September 1970. Thanks, Leslie. Coming up in a little bit, a song from Jerry Nelson, but now back to the show. Today on Below the Frame, we are talking with David Rudman. What happened after you graduated from UConn? So I graduated, and I went right to London to work on Labyrinth. So like <laughs> like the next week. Jeez. Um, and I went to, um, I was there for a month working on uh, the, the goblin scenes, like all those goblins with David Bowie. Uh, yeah. So I did all those scenes. Um, and then I came back to New York, um, and then we started to shoot Muppet, Little Muppet Monsters, which mm-hmm. was like that summer. Uh, yeah, and you had a character on that. Yeah, so I played Boo, sure. who was a little yellow, little mo- little yellow kid monster. Yeah. Um, and so we shot that over the summer, and then it aired in the fall, and then it was canceled like three episodes in. <laughs> it was really, it was Man. very eye opening. You, you know, yeah. it's like you can't count on anything. You know, it's. Even That's if you're true. shooting it, and even if it's done and it starts airing, you it could just go away in a yeah. second. Like you can't. And really even if it's the Muppets, even it if it's matter. the Muppets. No, I think. Well, they had um, Muppet Babies, and mm-hmm. I think they really wanted an hour of Muppet Babies, and um, I think um, Muppets didn't want to do that. They wanted mm. to do something else. But um, I, I think Marvel, the, the company that they co-produced it with always wanted an hour of Muppet Babies. And so I think our Muppet, Little Muppet Monsters was really tricky to produce because there was a lot of animated segments. There was live mm-hmm. action, action segments. Things weren't coming in on time. Shows weren't ready to to deliver. So they said, all right, well, why don't we just air two Muppet Babies back to back? And then it was like... <laughs> we don't need Little really Muppet well. Monsters. Yeah, yeah, and it, it sort of went away. Yeah. Yeah. But right after that, uh, it, according to the Muppet Wikipedia, you went into Sesame Street season yeah. 17. Yes, and I already asked you what your first like what your first day on set was like. Or I mean, you kind of brought that up when you were a twelve year old. Yeah. You kind of told me yeah. what it was like. But what was the very first thing you remember doing on your first day working on Sesame Street on the actual street? What did you do? Um, so my first day, I was scheduled to do Richard's right hand, uh, and. That was it, really. I wasn't. I was. But then that makes sense because yeah. you come in, and that's kind of what new guys do. They come in, new people. They come in, yes. they right hand. That's what their job is. But what yeah. did you? Have to so do? the day before, um, I was at. I went to the studio just to kind of hang out, um, and uh, Richard. I was talking with Richard, and he goes, "You know what? I have a doctor's appointment tomorrow, so um, I'm just going to have you do all my parts." I'm like, "What do you mean?" Oh. He's like, "Yeah, you know, I'm going to do this." Scratch my back song. It's pre-recorded. I'm just lip-syncing this female voice. I'm just gonna have you do that. I'm like, can you do that? He's like, yeah, Jim's fine with it. Yeah, it's all it's all cool. He goes, and I'm also doing this um, dentist and who are the people in your neighborhood. Um, but you're gonna do that. So, and it's you know singing. You know the song. I go, yeah, yeah. He goes, well, it's, you know, you're going to be singing Who Are the People in the Neighborhood as a dentist. He goes, he goes, just so you know, I was going to do a kind of a voice like this or this kind of thing. He goes, so maybe you want to do something like that kind of thing. You go, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that's a lot of pressure. So, it was my, so yeah, that was my first day. Jeez. So I, I, um, but I'd already, you know, worked with Jim and I'd yeah. done Muppets Take Manhattan and all that other stuff. So I wasn't like new to the Muppets, but I was new to Sesame Street. 
you know, and you yeah. walk into that show and it's a little intimidating. You know, every, everybody knows each other. The crew's been there forever. I didn't know John Stone, mm-hmm. you know, so it was like, I'm sure John Stone was like, who is this guy? Yeah. Where'd he what's come from? Who, <laughs> and the person that you did, you were the closest with, Richard, wasn't even there. No. He was like, I'm gone. You, you got it. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. So you can hear, uh, like, you can he- if you watch that, you can hear, like, shaky, shaky oh. dentist voice. <laughs> Who are the people in the- <laughs> Just trying. You were singing it live? And singing live. Oh and then you had gosh. to time out the dialogue, you know, in the middle to, like, yeah. hit the, you know, the song when it kicks back in. Oh. Oh God! What a day, Richard. But uh, he knew he, you know, he did he it did. because he wanted. I think he really did it because he just wanted people to know that you know that I could do it and I was there and you know wasn't. They could give me more things if if things came up. You know. Well, tell me a little bit about Richard. You guys were pretty close. Yeah. Um, kind of like a, a brother to you. I would... Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot like a, a brother. We had. A, he was definitely like you know I had an older brother, so he was like he was like a, an older older brother. Yeah. And. um you know, we, we would, you know, we just were like, like brothers. We would just like go at each other. We'd like give each other shit. Can I swear on this? Yeah, um, I'll just bleep it out. Um, we would, um, <laughs> you know, we'd push each other around. He, you know, we'd wrestle. He, sometimes we'd get into fights, like physical But fights. like actual real fights? Yeah. yeah, like like weird fights, like in the Muppet Room. Oh, it would start as like screwing around, like he'd yeah. push me, and then it would turn into like a little bit of a wrestling. Then it would like kind of get weird and serious, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and like, did you ever get hurt? Did he ever injure no, you? No, but, but one time he did push me into the Muppet boxes, and all the cows that were above, you know, <laughs> fell on yeah. on me. Oh, um, but anyway, we had like, like we there was we had just a good. We hung out a lot. We hung out, you know. After work, we would go, you know, do stuff, and we went to Peru together. We, you know, we, um, we, um, you know, went to his house in the Cape all the time. We, you know, hung out at his house in New Jersey. I met, his, you know, I was friends with his brother Adam. We used to play basketball together. Um, so anyway, it was yeah. We we had a really great relationship. Yeah, yeah. And if you could tell me your experience working with Jim, what was he like? Um. Jim was, um, he, I mean, you've heard all the stories about him. I mean, I, yeah. you know, quiet. I, I, yeah. I mean, that's what he was. He was, he, he had a, an amazing vision, you know, like he knew exactly what he wanted to see and how to, how to execute it. You know, that mm-hmm. was the thing that like was really inspiring to me was, you know, you can have all the vision you want, but then how do you execute it? And yeah. he just knew exactly what to do to like make, make his vision come to life. You know, and he did it over and over again. Um, um, and he, he really was, he was a great teacher because he was a guide. He didn't really tell you what to do. He just guided you. Hmm. You know, he never ever said, do it this way. You know, it was like, how do you think you should do it? Try it this way. And maybe on the next take, try something else. But never ever said, do it this way. Wow. Or do it yeah. like this, you know. And it sounds, um, sounds like he believed in you. You, yeah, could, I, you would be able to do it. You just, you know, yeah, he wasn't going to tell you how to do it. Yeah, he always wanted me to get more experience. Like he kept, you know, because I was still new in the company. Mm-hmm. And he, that was some advice he gave me when I started out. He said, just get as much experience as you can and don't wait around for us. Like when we have downtime, don't just wait for us to have another project. Like 
Like go find other things, like get experience, create your own things, go out and work on other shows. There's mm. people in LA doing stuff. You know, we'll call you when we have stuff, but don't just wait around. Um, yeah. So that was great advice. And that's what I did. Like I went out to LA, I'd worked on a bunch of commercials with Tony Urbano, those McDonald's commercials. I oh. kept auditioning for other things. I was creating my own shows. You know, I really just, um, you know, didn't want to just work for Muppets. I, and that's yeah. really what, what at the heart of all that was. As much as I loved working for Muppets, and I still do, that's not the only thing I wanted to do. Yeah, you know, so, yeah. And we'll yeah. definitely come back to that in a minute. Yeah. But in, in May of 1990, Jim died. Yeah. And what was... I, I can't imagine what that experience must have been like for people that knew Jim or were close to Jim or, or even saw him as a mentor or somebody that you were inspired by. What was it like to lose kind of the the North Star of this yeah. company? Well, I, you know, everybody was in shock for you know, months, really. Um, and, you know, he wasn't sick. It was just it just sort of like one day he was there, one day he wasn't there. It was crazy. Um, and, you know, people were just, you know, missing missing Jim. People were worried about what's going to happen to the company. Um, and, um, you know, I was, I'd just gotten married. You know, I, like, you know, we had moved, we were in New York. Yeah, and it was really sad. I mean, it was just, you know, it was really sad. And for me, you know, I lost my mom at such an early age, and Jim was really, like, you know, he was like a father figure to me, you know, and um, so, you know, there was a lot of emotion and, and you know, somebody that I looked up to since I was a little little kid and I got to work with him and, and you know, and learn from him. Um, and it was, um, it, you know, it was hard to process, really, you know. And, and he was me, so young, too, really. Yeah. Well, now, yeah, I mean, I was 26, I think, and he was 53. Yeah. Now I'm 58, you know, and like you just can't believe how young he yeah. was, and and um, you know, it just yeah. was just yeah, it was just tragic. It was tragic, and and, and yeah. then a couple of years later, in 1992, Richard dies. Yeah, and then yes, and he so, was only 40. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that must have been a huge. Yeah, it was. It was a huge, huge, huge loss, and um, you know, again, like. It just was hard to process it all, and uh, you know, yeah. I was kind of, you know, going through all the stages, you know, of grief and denial yeah. and anger and everything. It was just, you know, it just, um, you know, it was just not fair. You know, he was just such a an amazing person. You know, nobody like him. Just his energy, mm. his generosity. He was the funniest person I ever met. I mean, there's nobody funnier. Um, and just sweet. My family loved him. Like he knew yeah. all, you know, my, my whole family. And I've heard he was so generous and just. So generous. Yeah. Yeah. With everything. With, went out to dinner. He was the guy that always yes. picked up the check. Always, he would never yeah. let anybody. No matter what. No matter how many no one. people, he would get the check. And, and sometimes there'd be like wrestling matches for the, for the bill. <laughs> you are on the floor uh, rolling around trying to like grab the, the receipt out of his hand. And he just you know, <laughs> wouldn't let you do it. Wouldn't let you do it. <laughs> Um, on Sesame Street, you worked consistently and then started having some big characters like uh, Chicago Lion and Humphrey and, and Are Baby those big Bear. Characters? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think in their day, I think they were yeah. their, they had yeah. their moment, right? I mean, yeah, that's. They did. You know, no, it was, yeah. They had their moment. And um, 
and Davy uh, Davy Monkey. Yeah, yeah. Along with uh, Davey, yeah. yeah, along with this guy who who sent a message along. <laughs> hey, Davy boy, it's Joey. I have great memories of all the times we worked together, whether it was being your wife or your father <laughs> or your brother, all those things. But let me think. One of my favorite memories is a long time ago, about thirty years ago. We were, I was staying at Kevin's apartment in L.A., and oh, yeah. uh, you had done the first Finger Man commercial, and then you had an idea, and you came to Kevin's apartment with all like little costumes for your finger. <laughs> and I remember you, we took, I took Polaroids of your finger, and you put like um, a little Guns N' Roses thing or a Led Ziploc, and then you had, you had these great things, and you wound up getting a whole campaign because you were that kind of guy, David. You're out there, and you're a go-getter. <laughs> Bye, David. Love you. Oh. Yeah, Joey's the best. Joey, it. Joey Mazzarino, sending uh, a message. That's really sweet. Very yeah, you nice. guys worked together. I mean, he was a writer on the show, and you guys worked a lot of uh, duos, a yeah. lot of duos on the show together. Yeah, yeah. He was Papa Bear, you were Baby Bear. Yeah, I think. Uh, Humphrey and Ingrid. Yeah, and I, I was actually the best man at his wedding, and mm-hmm. I actually said that during his wedding speech. I said, you know, you're my, f- it was no one knew what I was talking about. <laughs> you're my father, <laughs> you're my wife. <laughs> and you're my brother. And it's like, well, you're on Sesame Street. You play, yeah. you play Papa Bear, you play Ingrid to my Humphrey, and you play mm-hmm. Joey to Davy Monkey. So, yeah, there was all aspects of, of our relationship in those characters, too. Like a lot yeah. of sibling rivalry. There was a lot of, you know, s- yeah. father-son stuff. There was, yeah, it was a lot of stuff. But anyway, and yeah, it's really, it's great. That's yeah, really sweet. It, really he good. brings up Finger Man. That was a yeah. huge thing. It was huge. Yeah. It was, it was a Ziploc. I don't know if people listening know Finger Man. I certainly do. Yeah. And it's it's a it's a finger that <laughs> ziplocks the bag. Yeah. How, how did that finger. come about? And how how what how did that come about? <laughs> okay, there was an audition in New York. Um, <laughs> and your and, finger was chosen. Yeah. So there was an audition. <laughs> um, somebody at Henson, maybe it was Pat Nugent, maybe it was Beck. And that called all the performers and said, there's an audition happening for a commercial. They're looking for, for puppeteers to come in and play this character Finger Man. So we all went over during lunch to somewhere. I don't remember where it was, like Midtown. And they had like, you know, a camera set up. <laughs> and you had to draw like a little face on your finger. And you had to go up and just, I think there was a script maybe. I don't remember. Uh, you had to go and do like a, with just your finger and with a, like a face on it. You had to just go and be this finger man character. So I went and did it. And then I got called back. I'm like, oh, wow. I got, this is pretty cool. So, so I, I got called back. Marty and Marty got called back. And then I think there was also, I heard there was like some hand models that were also in the mix too. Oh, yeah. So, um, so before the callback, I had like, a little like wart on like a tiny little wart on my finger, oh, no. and it was my right finger, my right index finger. And I'm like, oh no, I could do it lefty, but I'm not good lefty. Mm. Like I can't do it lefty. Yeah. So I'm like, how do I hide that? Like I don't want them to see that. So I made a collar and a tie, <laughs> and so the tie funny. like hung down and covered it. Yeah. So I went in with like a costume. And the only reason why I did it was to hide this, just so they wouldn't mm-hmm. see it. And so I went, and they're like, oh, my God, a wardrobe. That's, we didn't think about that. That's really funny. So I went in and did it, and I got it. I got the commercial. And so we did, like, I think the first 
we did like three spots, maybe, maybe two or three spots in like 91, 92. And they were, they like were popular. Like people started to talk about them, you know, people like on yeah. talk shows and they were like in the, they were in the ether. Like people yeah. were like, you know, discussing finger man. Cause it was so yep. stupid, really. It was so ridiculous. <laughs> um, so I kind of wanted to keep it going, you know, and, and I felt like there could be more to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I heard that the Ziploc agency um, was changing. The, the Ziploc company was changing to a new agency. So I figured once it goes to a new agency, this is dead. So I'm yeah. like, what can I do to like keep this going? So that's when I came up with this idea to take like <laughs> <laughs> to take like like send them pictures of Fingerman, like what he did during his like vacation. And I oh, did. I put him like on the beach. With sunglasses, <laughs> and, and I was like, "Digit goes to Hawaii," and they're all like puns on like finger things, and <laughs> yeah. like Led Ziploc and yep. Teenage Mutant Ninja Finger. I don't know what there was like all kinds of like things. <laughs> I did like I took and with Joey, and he helped me do it. And so, so there was like maybe twelve pictures, and I sent them to the head of the new agency. I just found out who it was, and I sent wow. them, and I said, "Hey, it's from Fingerman. Just want you to know what I've been up to." And then. I heard the guy like loved it, and I think I don't know if it was because of that, but the campaign kept going, and it wow. went on for another eight years. Oh, it went seriously? Like, yeah, and Why I would do like it? one or two a year, and it just kept going, and it was um, it was a really nice, uh, you know, lucrative thing to have a commercial for that, you know. And I yeah. was just starting out, I had, I had a young family, so it was really kind of a nice thing to have on the outside of the Muppet stuff. Yeah, and and yeah. speaking of Muppets, I mean, you were not only doing Sesame Street, not only doing Finger Man, you also had a bunch of Muppet stuff you were doing at the same time. Yeah, uh, some of the things were like, or this is a like a wide swath of things, but Tale of the Bunny Picnic and Muppet yeah. Family Christmas and Jim mm-hmm. Henson Hour and Muppet Vision 3D. That's pretty cool. Yeah, um, and, yeah. and I'm guessing you were doing mainly stepping in for other people or doing uh, smaller side characters. Is that is that what you yeah. were doing? Yes. Yeah, for but, all of but, that, yeah. yeah. But then in 2008, uh, do you, I don't know if you remember, we had that fateful meeting in a hotel room with Jerry oh, Nelson. Yeah. Yes. And where Steve Whitmire was there, and Marty Robinson was there, and Debbie McClellan, who was in charge of the Muppets at the time, and you and me. Yeah. And I was there to uh, learn about Jerry's characters, mainly Robin and Floyd, and you were there to learn, I guess, to learn from Jerry about Richard's take on Janice and mm-hmm. Scooter. Do you remember that evening? Yeah, yeah. No, I do remember. Yeah, I I, um, I, kind of had stepped away from Muppets. Like, I think, you know, in maybe middle of the 90s, when, when they moved mostly to L.A. from New York, I didn't really do, I did Muppet Christmas Carol. I did, you know, in the 90s, like 92, mm-hmm. I think that was. And then I really kind of, was mostly New York based. I did, you know, I did Sesame and then I was doing a lot of my own projects and I kind of had stepped away from like the core Muppet characters and it wasn't something I did. It was just kind of, they just weren't like bringing me in on on things. Mm. So, um, and then, yeah. And then I kind of, you know, every once in a while something would come up and they'd reach out, you know, something that was happening in New York and I'd go and do it. Um, but, um, but yeah, then that meeting with Jerry happened um, and I, and I think it was really, I think it was Whitmire who kind of, you know, initiated that at least to bring me was. back in, you know, as like a core guy to take on Richard's characters because no one had really 
it was really not like a, a, a one performer, an established performer to take on. Yeah, he had been passed yeah. around from performer yeah. to performer on project to project because they just yeah. didn't. Nobody and Jerry was working less with the Muppets as well. He didn't want to yeah. travel anymore. Yeah. And so, so I do think yeah. it was Steve so, that was like, yeah, we need to find a person. That's yeah, and he's play like, these why aren't you doing this? He's like, he called, yeah. he actually called me and said, why aren't, and I go, I don't know. It's not up to me. I, I don't know. He goes, yeah. you should be doing Richard's characters. You had, you know, a really great relationship with him. You, you know the characters. Um, and I'm like, I, you know, I'll do it if they, if they ask. Of course I'll do it, <laughs> you know? So then all of a sudden things started happening. And then that meeting with Jerry, which was amazing. I mean, we were sitting in that room oh, man. hearing yeah. like, such great stories about just Richard and Jerry. A lot of them I knew, but it was nice to yeah. like see you, you know everyone else kind of reacting to these stories. Like you know, <laughs> it was it was a stories. great, really it amazing. Was night. It was, I'm and I, I feel like it was that, kind of yeah. understood that you were going to take these. You, they were going to be your so. characters. Yeah. You were going to carry yeah. on. How do you feel about carrying on with Richard's characters? Um. I, I I love playing his characters. I love playing Scooter, especially. Um, <laughs> I do play it a little different than Richard, and I think he would be okay with that mm-hmm. because you can't. I mean, you know, it's yeah. hard to like do an exact copy of because I'm not Richard. I can't do right. what he did because that was him. So I have to kind of like you know you know how it is when you take on characters. It's tricky because you have to it is bring in a little bit of yourself, but also keep like a little bit of the essence of what was there before. Um, so, um, yeah, but anyway, I love, I love playing his characters. I'm like, you know, I think about him all the time. I, I think about him all the time anyway, but especially when I put Scooter on, like the first mm. thought in my mind is like thinking of Richard, you know? Yeah. And, and um, yeah, so it's, I'm honored that I get to, you know, take those characters and keep playing with them. Yeah, me too. It's, yeah. it's a, I don't think of it as a responsibility. I know it's a big responsibility, but when I'm in it, I can't think of it as being that. I have to just play yeah. or or be in that in yeah. the moment of the scene and think about what's the truth for this character in that moment, I think. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't think about like what this character means to people or no. <laughs> you can't think about really you just have to just be truthful and yeah, yeah. And, and play the moment and um you know, not worry so much about, you know, what people are expecting. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I do. So, yeah. I yeah. definitely do. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we both, uh, from 2008 mm-hmm. on, we, we ended up kind of doing a lot of stuff because we were now core Muppet performers. Like yeah. really from then on, mm-hmm. we both did the Muppets, the movie, the Muppets Most Wanted, uh, and you played Miss Poogie. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Who, what, what is, who, what, what who, is that? What, what is it? <laughs> What, it's that's the only one, by the way, of those uh, moopets that yeah. it still is it appears every once in a while. It might freak some people out. People it's don't quite little... understand. I don't know that, that pig. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. You know, <laughs> I don't know. They said here. I don't do know. This. It was in the script, and yeah. they were they you know let me do it for the read through, and I just thought like what's like a ridiculous way to make this character. Like I knew what it was going to look like. Yeah. So I'm like, it'd be really funny if it just sounded like that. So yeah, it is a hideous kind of like, looking. <laughs> it's hideous. Hit. And then they put it in the gulag, which was really funny. Like, it's, <laughs> hey, how you doing? Yeah. You just, right. you know. Yeah. Just part of the, 
part of the prisoners. Yeah. But yeah, uh, no, I had fun doing the Poogie. That was really fun. It's such a weird yeah. thing. And then we did the ABC Muppet series. What was your take yes. on that show? I loved working on that. I loved... Um, Me too. Yeah. I loved having the freedom to kind of explore Scooter. Yeah. Know, oh, yeah. Really kind of define him. Because up till then, you know, I really... It was... He wasn't in that much. He was in the movies and we had a few lines here and there. And he was always written... You know, like the same way he was written in the seventies. You know, it really mm-hmm. there was wasn't a lot of meat there. I couldn't really play, you know, with his character much. So yeah, this was you know it was like a chance to kind of redefine him a little bit and kind of update him and make him a little more relevant. Yep, and um, you certainly you learn know, a lot of I, things about him. Yeah, <laughs> lives with his yeah. mom. Yeah, Ken. Ken I know the boyfriend. Ken, the Ken thing might have. You know, they made it push that a little bit too much, but <laughs> but, but I loved, certainly like, it was something to play. You know, yeah, it was. It was it was so fun, and I really liked like um, you know, and I think taking that jacket off too, like getting rid of the Muppet jacket, which I loved, but mm-hmm. you know, it's it was so dated, and I just yeah. wanted him to like look a little bit more, you know, updated. And yeah. so you know, we kind of had meetings about what he's going to wear, and you know, I kind of was thinking about like. People like, you know, Fred Armisen and like, you know, like David Wayne, if you know who he is, mm-hmm. like all these like, com- like comedians and, yeah. you know, I just was like, he needs that kind of a look, like sort of that nerdy comedy yeah. kind of writer guy. So anyway, that's Those sort of references. Where, where that uh, came from. And um, and then I just really loved, you know, just the stuff they were writing and, you know, they were really collaborative. I felt like they were collaborative and I would come up with stuff and they were, they were okay with using it. I loved doing the scenes with deadly. Like I loved all the, you know, like, like playing with deadly every once in a while with scenes. And that's again, Um, again, that's like when you're on a series like that and they write really fun material for you to do. I mean, I don't know that I think that the, the tone of the series overall, I don't know that it was appropriate maybe yeah. for the Muppets. But what I do love about it was that we got to explore these characters. Every one of the characters got to really, it really broadened and deepened who they were. Yeah. The band. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, even Kermit and Piggy to an extent. And yeah, and Uncle Deadly, I feel like he was certainly defined as yeah. something. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Scooter no, as think, well. Yeah, but I think you had the chance to really play with him a lot and and... You yeah. know, there was a lot of, you know, really nice scenes between him and Piggy and you got to try things and yeah. explore things. And, you know, I think that um, it was the first time we really had a, had the chance to do that on a long term basis. Yeah, really live in those characters. Yeah. And, and it was like being, I mean, it is, you're an actor on a show. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it was, that was fun. I enjoyed that. Something else we got to do was a really cool thing, Outside Lands with the Electric Mayhem in San Francisco. Yeah. Oh my god, that was so that was fun. what that was, was amazing <laughs> to me about that. I, I was just how many people there were. Yeah, right. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it was, was insane. Sea, it was a sea of people, a sea and we of could people. see them like we, yeah, because we were playing above the playboard, mm-hmm. and we were like wearing black hoods, and we could see out into the crowd, and so you could just like. And it kept growing, like it was like it this did. huge crowd. Somebody and was out there, and they said, "I people were running to the stage. They wanted to get up front. <laughs> they were running toward the stage." It was such a, it, it's so bizarre to see a fake, yeah, <laughs> band. But it's the Muppets, so I guess maybe that's yeah. why. 
I don't think people thought it was fake. People thought it was, we were really playing. I don't know. Yeah. It sounded great I mean, and it looked it did great. Sound great. And, yeah. you know, it was, um, it was challenging to like figure mm-hmm. out how we were going to pull that off. And, um, I think, you know, it's the workshop figured out a way, or I don't know who figured out those the way to keep our arms up. Yeah. Like I think it was little, Jane. Um, I think Jane, Gut- Jane, oh, Gutnick. Jane Gutnick, yeah. I think she came up with this device that kind of helped us keep our arms up just a little bit longer than yeah. what we probably normally would have. Yeah, because we have, you know, Janice and Floyd have those guitars and, Ugh. you know, it's full heavy. body. Those were full, full body, body figures. Yeah. And so we had like somebody assisting us. Yeah. We were doing the feet yeah. and somebody was doing our guitars. And, oh, man. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, but I love playing Janice when Flo- like I love Floyd and Janice. When I do we're too. Playing music together, like, I do I too. Just, when uh, we're like in that, and we're <laughs> you know, like I look yeah. over at you, yep, you know, and what we're doing, you're just like so in it, and I'm just like it's so fun. It is and, fun, you know. Um, and I think you know we don't, we never really like talk about what we're gonna do. We never like really like discuss no. like hey why don't we do this during that we just kind of like it just doesn't we're just so <laughs> in sync we are like yeah. kind of just i don't know at least i feel that and it's like, i do too really, yeah like we'll really go to the same cool. microphone together or back to yeah. back or what you know all the rock things that people do <laughs> all those things that people really do in their fun. rock shows I, lo- I love doing floyd and janice and you know when, when we're in the band it's really fun and the other yeah. when we did the mr blue sky thing yeah you know a couple weeks ago we hadn't you know, really perform with those characters in like years, a couple of years, year and yeah. a half. But it was like we were like right back in it. It was so fun. Like it, it was. I loved. I loved it. It was yeah. great to all right. be in that room together to shoot that. Yeah. That was fun because we hadn't yeah. really been like that. Yeah, in a room all together. Yeah, that was definitely cool. But the uh, that outside land thing, I think, led to the Muppets take the bowl and the U two mm-hmm. and the O two shows. Yeah, and the O two shows. Yeah, I, think, I so. think those. I think it. uh kind of paved the way for us to be able to do this live Muppet show. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I had fun doing that. Did you enjoy the, yeah, uh, the take I the did. bowl and the O2? Yeah, I did. I loved, I loved every show. And yeah. I think, you know, having had that season on, you know, Muppets, the ABC show really kind of helped me get comfortable, more comfortable with Scooter and being able to, mm-hmm. you know, play more and be more confident with him. And um, I felt, yeah, it was really, really fun. Um, with a live audience, we never get to do that, and know. you know, just to have that energy and um, and have it go really well. I, guess, I feel like it went. I think every show went well. They're all different, but it all felt yeah. really good. I and, think so um, too. I'd love to do some more of that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah it was really it's hard, but it <laughs> I know. Well, you had it hard. Well, it was hard, hard for you, and also you had just started doing Kermit. Yeah, that was like the that first was thing. like your first thing. That was the so first. So right out uh, of the yeah. gate, you were like doing something live in front of an audience, and in front of eighteen thousand people. Yeah, that's a little intimidating. That but, was, uh, but yeah, but it was fun, and out. I would love yeah. to do it again. Yeah, um, I mean, you, we've done. Uh, we did Muppets Now. We did Muppets Haunted Mansion. We have a lot more to come. What would you like to see the Muppets do? Um. Well, I mean, I would love to see the Muppet Show come back. I mean, that's you know, that would yeah. Be- kind of amazing if that it could would ever be. happen who knows i don't know i don't, I don't know, know. That could ever happen. but it would be really cool it would be really yeah. fun to to bring that back with you know celebrities of the day and yeah have it be kind of similar to the to the old show yeah. i think it could work i don't know yeah. but that would be really fun um i don't know what else 
just, you know, I'd love to do more like little one-off things for YouTube videos, like with the band. Those are really fun. Like I know. Like we did Kodachrome and we did, I don't know if we did anything else, but like those are fun little one-off music videos. Oh, and Bohemian Rhapsody. And, yeah, that was a know, huge like, one. All those things are really fun to do. Yeah, I agree. We'll be back with David Rudman in a few minutes, but first, a Jerry song. This song is called Daddy's Coming Home, and I think it was written by Jerry, but I'm, I am actually not sure. I did a search on the lyrics, and I was not able to find anything on Google or anything, so maybe Jerry wrote it. Um, you know, it, it feels like one of those classic songs that Jerry would have learned and played for years and years and years. I, I don't know. If anybody knows the origin of this song and can point the way for me, I would really appreciate it. But until then, I'm going to say that Jerry wrote it. So we are going to hear it. It's called Daddy's Coming Home. Take it away, Jerry. When I was a boy, I had twin brothers. My daddy was a rambling man. He used to sell that hard root snake oil all over the land. On the road, a month or more, he'd phone my mama and say, Honey, don't you worry none, I'll be home someday. Yes, daddy's coming home to his little boys. If you could, he'll bring you jelly beans and toys. We'll go bathtub fishing, try to catch up sharks. Sunday we'll go hunting lions in the park. I'm grown, I got kids of my own I'm selling that root snake oil Rambling here and there My friends in life's old labor toil When I'm on the road A month or more I'll phone my honey and say Honey, don't you worry none I'll be home someday Yes, daddy's coming home To his little boys If you're good, he'll bring you Jelly beans and toys We'll go bathtub fishing Try to catch a shark Sunday we'll go hunting Lions in the park Yes, Sunday we'll go hunting Lions in the park Thanks, Jerry. Below the fray Here's more with David Rudman. Well, all of this leads me to the fact that you, you know, you were, you work on Sesame Street. You work with the Muppets. I mean, that is a pretty full plate. Yes. But so why go out and make your own company? You have your own company, and it was originally called Rudling uh, yes. Productions, wasn't it? Yes. yes. And now it's called Spiffy Pictures. Yeah. But why go out and make your own company? You're working for Sesame Street. You're, you, you must be so busy. I like being busy. I, I and I. Love doing Muppets in Sesame, and I love doing spiffy stuff. I love our shows. Um, I don't know. I've always, like I said before, I always wanted to do more than just work for Muppets, and I wanted to always wanted to create my own shows. I always wanted to develop my own characters. 
Um, and I like, and I've been working with my brother. I was, you know, like I work with Adam on these shows and I love working with Adam and we, um, you know, we, we always were making movies growing up and doing stuff and, you know, it's really fun. And, um, so we started to do in like mid nineties, we started to kind of do our own, um, projects. So we would do mostly interstitials, nothing too big they were just like interstitials for mtv or nickelodeon we had an interstitial series on nick jr um we were doing films for sesame street like the little animation films um we did a bunch of those um we did oh wait this just came to me is it yeah. it's a little boy a uh, superhero alpha boy, alpha alpha boy. boy. yeah <laughs> alpha boy i remember him hey everybody <laughs> It just yeah. came to my brain yeah. just now. Oh my so god, Alpha, Alpha Boy. Boy! Yeah, we shot those That's at right. my dad's house, like in in Highland Park. Um, so we, um, <clears throat> so yeah, so we started to do, and we did um, a couple more animated. We did that number guy thing for Sesame. It's like it's Jerry did the voice. It's how mm. many elephants can you fit in a room before they oh. fall through the floor? Like and we got to use Bob Dylan's song. Yeah. Which Gee. is great, and he gave yeah. us permission to do it, which was very cool. That is cool. Um, I didn't know so anyway, you guys we, did that. That's so cool. we did that, and we did uh, Flash Gizmo Space Cadet. That was another animated thing. Yep. Um, so we really started to develop our own kind of style and our own thing, and and then by doing that, we started to meet people at Nick and people at Disney, and we started pitching them shows. And mm-hmm. um, you know, through like the '90s, we were pitching shows and we were coming so close to getting like a series and we never got one. Like we would get a pilot script, but it wouldn't move forward or we'd get, Mm. you know, so only so far. Um, And then, you know, we kept creating things and kept doing projects. And then in 2003, Nick put out a call for a home video series, like a baby Einstein kind of a thing. They wanted to do their version of baby Einstein. And so we pitched them a show called, or a project called Curious Buddies, mm-hmm. and they picked our show. So we actually made twelve DVDs for for Nick Jr. and you did some. You and Joey yeah. did some films for it. Yeah, we did some films yeah. of like a nap time film. Yeah, and brushing the teeth, brushing your brushing teeth. teeth. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Brushing your you, teeth, and you used that's your kids, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, so that was really <laughs> fun. So, and then from there, we we had done a um, a demo for a project called Jack's Big Show. And we, um, cause I'm a big Jack Benny fan. So <laughs> we wanted to do like a little kid version of the Jack Benny show. Um, and so we made this little demo and we sent it around and Nickelodeon really liked it, but they said, you know, we're, we're looking for a music show. Do you think you can change it to a music show? And we're like, yeah, I mean, that r- really fits in cause it's kind of like a variety show and, um, so, you know, we just called it Jack's big music show. So like, add yeah, one word it. to it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so we wrote a script and they picked two shows to go to a pilot with, and it was our show and somebody else's show. And then they tested them and our show tested really well. And so they ordered, um, 13 half hours of Jack. And that was our first series that we did, like that actually oh aired. Um, and and I, I remember coming and doing some some yeah, you episodes came on of Jack. Yeah, yeah. So much fun because uh, the music was great and just yeah. and I've said I've talked about this before on this on this podcast. In fact, the sets are really small. It's a very small kind of quiet cr- space to work in, 
and it's just so much fun. It's just so yeah. much fun. Yeah. It's real free. It just feels very free and uh, funny and fun. It's a great show. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Well, we like to run the set like that, you know, kind yeah. of collaborative, very collaborative, very open. You know, there's not a lot of like big personalities running around. It's just kind of like very focused, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, uh, you know, it's we kind of know what we want and, you know, we just get get the shots and you know, put it all together. But And I try to really run the studio like Jim ran the Muppets back in the day. And what I observed from that was, you know, it was just very collaborative. You know, everybody, you know, we've talked about this before, like the early days where it was best idea wins, you know, like Dave Goals always says, you're, you know, in service of the best idea. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, there was no egos. It was just kind of like open, you know, whoever yeah. had something. And we really try to run you know, our spiffy shows like that. And Jack was like that. And, um, you know, our new show is like that, Don Quixote. And, mm-hmm. you know, so, um, yeah. yeah. So. Well, and Don Quixote is, is a co-production with Fred Rogers Productions. What's the experience of working with a partner like Fred Rogers Productions? It's great. It's, it's very collaborative. Um, they actually came to us with the um, idea to do mm-hmm. a spinoff of Don Quixote because that was a character that Fred Rogers created in the 70s. And it wasn't like a main character on Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It was sort of like a maybe third tier character. <laughs> it was, you know, it was like hardly ever on. Um, but they really liked the name and they felt like, you know, there's some potential with this character. So we um, had worked with Paul Sifkin, who works at the Fred Rogers Company. He used to be at PBS. And he helped us develop Nature Cat when he was at PBS, um, which is our animated show. Mm-hmm. And um, so he moved over to Fred Rogers and he said, you know, we, we want to work with you guys on something. You know, maybe we can find something that we can do together. Um, and so he reached out to us with this property called Don Quixote. And, he's, and right away we were like, yes, this sounds <laughs> great. Like, we would love to do it. And he said, we really want to make it a puppet show, too. And we're like, oh, we are completely behind that. Because <laughs> we were doing Nature Cat, and, and it's animated, and we wanted to get back into, like, the puppet world. Yeah. Um, so so Adam and I just developed it with them. And we would go back and forth, and we, you know, we'd create new characters. We'd bring in some of the Fred Rogers characters. It was a really, really fun process. And um, we, you know, we developed it in about a year, the show, and wrote a script and shot a pilot, which you worked on, the pilot, mm-hmm. played King Friday. Yeah. And you still play King Friday. That's right, yeah. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so, yeah, we've, we've loved it. Loved working with them. Yeah. And did you, you guys were shooting, you, you're, you're shooting, what is it, 80 episodes? 11. Yeah, 80 11s. 80 11s. Yeah. Which takes a while to shoot. And, yeah. and if a pandemic kind of prevents you from shooting, did you, yeah. you guys had to stop, right, in the middle of the... We did. Yeah, we had to stop for a few months, but then we went back pretty quickly. We were back in last, a year ago, July. So we were shut down from like March to July. Yeah. Um, And then we came back and, you know, we had to do all the things you're supposed to do. We wore masks. We still still are wearing masks when Mm -hmm. we shoot. So even when we're doing the voices and performing, we're all masked. And your audio is clean? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We had to... It took us a while to find the right mask that didn't muffle our voices. But if it is muffled, we'll go back and ADR it. But for mm-hmm. the most part, we're using all the, all the audio. 
Oh, that's pretty good. Um, and we're getting tested. I had to get tested this morning, and you know we're still um, following all the right you know protocol for yeah. you know, COVID you, testing. You direct most of the of the Spiffy Pictures projects, although I I talked to Frankie and he's been yeah. directing some Donkey yes. episodes. But my yeah. question is. Really, for you as a director, when you get a script that Adam has written or something, what's mm-hmm. your process of getting ready to shoot that script? Um, I storyboard everything. So it's all fully boarded before we get into the studio. Um, and I really treat it like a cartoon. Like I just, you know, and, the, and even our writing process at Spiffy is like, let's just we'll figure out a way to do it. Like just put something in there. You know, Donkey's running on top of a lemon and she crashes into a lemonade stand and flies off. Let's just put it in the script and we'll figure out how to do it. We'll figure out how to do it. (laughs) So like, you know, we don't, we, we kind of push ourselves a little bit. So, um, anyway, so I, that's why I like to storyboard everything. Like every shot is boarded. I figure out on paper really where we need to put edits to allow for moments where the character has to pick something up or Mm -hmm. there's like a, um, tricky effect. You need to make sure that you, you know, you cut around it or you, you know, you put yourself, in a good position to like set that shot up. Um, yeah. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of like characters and these characters have tiny hands and they don't really, you know, donkey doesn't even have fingers. So there's a lot of like <laughs> tricky right. rigging that goes on, uh, you know, yeah. so it all has to be figured out beforehand and it really helps the art department. It helps our puppet wranglers. Um, it helps everybody, the camera, you know, our camera, our DP. They all get it. They um, get your storyboards ahead boards, of time. Yeah. Oh, that's good. And then our, even our, our stage manager, she does the shot list, and it's all based on the storyboards. So when we get to work in the morning, you have those shots up on the board. Like, we have to get these shots done today. And then you that's just start cool. crossing that's, them off. Yeah, it's very, like a film does, too. Yeah. You know, you've got it's those like, pictures yeah. up there. It really is like, it's like a, a, almost like a stop-motion animated film. Like I kind of look at it as if I'm doing that because we do see the legs a lot. We do play around with scale. Mm-hmm. We do a lot of green screen, and um, I think you know I kind of think of it as more of like an animated show than a than a live action puppet show. You know, mm. well, it's beautiful. It looks so great, David. It's it, I just love seeing those wide shots where you do see the full body of the puppet, or yeah. just even the. The textures of of all of the set pieces and the puppets, it all just looks so vibrant. I love the look of not only Don Quixote, but Jack's Big Music Show, all of the, all of the shows, the, the Bunny Town, all of those shows have such yeah. a very specific, unique look to them. And it's a joy to watch, if oh, I can say. I will. Nice. I will say. Thank I did say. You. I've said, <laughs> you said it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, is there any other stuff that you want to do with Spiffy? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's always stuff that we're doing. We have a couple other shows in development right now. We have a, another puppet show um, and another animated show. So, you know, we're always like, um, we're doing season four of Nature Cat right now. Um, while you're show. doing, while you're yeah. finishing Don Quixote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's yeah. nuts. It's, it's yeah, it nonstop. But so, it's great. I love it. It does bring me a question. You know, you've got this great family, your, your wife, Karen, your kids, your grandson. You've, you have such a rich, full family life. And how in the world do you balance it all? Because I struggle. I struggle to keep all the plates spinning at once. How do you do it? Uh, <laughs> it just, you just have to prioritize, you know? I mean, if yeah. there's, 
something like a family thing that you, you know, that's really important that we have to do. We got to make sure people know ahead of time that you can't work these days. You're not Mm -hmm. available here. And, um, it's, you know, it's hard. I mean, it definitely, it's, it was not easy when my kids were little and I'd have to travel back and forth to New York because, you know, I live in Chicago. We moved here when our kids were little from New York to raise our kids here. And I knew it was going to be, wasn't going to be easy, you know, to have to, commute back and forth and um but it just sort of became our lives you know and and everyone kind of gets used to it and um you know my wife karen is amazing like she's Mm -hmm. you know she's incredible so she is she astounds me (laughs) yeah i don't know how i would do Um, anything without or get anything done without kelly you know it's we're very lucky very very um but yeah i mean it's just you know it's not easy, but it's all about scheduling and, you yeah. know. All right, David, I'm going to ask you some rapid fire questions here. Okay. I always end the podcast with some rapid fire questions. Are you ready? All right. Okay, sure. here we go. What's the hardest part about being a puppeteer? Um, do I have to answer fast? Like as fast <laughs> no, no. as No, 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 you don't questions. have to answer fast. <laughs> uh, Just... uh, no, um, <laughs> the hardest, I mean, there's so many, I think physically maybe there's a lot of like physical things that, you know, especially what we do, like we've all, or I've had, you know, neck and back and shoulder things. So, mm-hmm. you know, physical issues, maybe that's kind of tricky and mm-hmm. it's all hard. I mean, doing what we do is not natural. Like we have our arms in the air, doing weird voices. We're <laughs> like unaware of our own bodies, but also aware of our own bodies at the same time. Yep. You don't want to bump into anyone, but you don't want to like think about how ridiculous you're looking. <laughs> And we're and we're looking at a monitor and it's all backwards and then we're trying to read a script or deliver a performance and it's 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 all, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, it does. How, no, it doesn't. all of it's hard. Yeah. All of it's hard. <laughs> but if all of it is hard, what's the easiest? Oh, the easiest. Oh, off camera lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. I don't know. What, what is your what's your biggest strength as a puppeteer? Oh man. Um. I don't know. Oh my god. Let's see. Uh I don't know, maybe maybe like manipulation. Maybe like I you know, I think I think I can perform a puppet and have it look pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What what would be your your biggest weak weakness? Um oh my gosh. Um <laughs> um singing live maybe. Oh. I think okay. that's that's always tricky. It's tricky. What? Yeah, yeah, it is tricky. Yeah. What's one of your favorite things about being a Muppet performer? Well, I mean, it's working with all you guys. I mean, that's, I'm sure, I don't know if everybody says that, but it really, I mean, it's, yeah. it's, we have a really great group, and I love working with the team, yeah. whether it's Sesame yeah. or whether it's Muppets. It's, it's just, we're just so lucky. Like, it's just so, it's, it's amazing. I mean, yeah. yeah. I agree. We have so much fun. Yeah. If you want to hanging out with us, even after I know. work, like hanging yeah, out after, just yeah, going it doesn't stop. Yeah, it's I agree. Just, I love Go get it. dinner or whatever. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. Uh, if you weren't a puppeteer, what would be your career? Um, hmm. I probably would be involved in animation in some way, maybe, or. If, like outside of maybe anim- maybe advertising, maybe something mm. in advertising. I don't know. But it's still know. creative. You're still yeah, in the creative. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
now this is just going to be Jerry Nelson once said to me. This is the last one I always say, and this is you, you've already you're already doing this, but. Jerry Nelson once said to me, Sesame Street's great, but always have something that's your own that you yes. create. Yes. What is that for you that's not <laughs> oh, spiffy. spiffy? Is there anything else that you do? I don't have it's time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I mean, my, I mean, you can count my family into that. I love, mm-hmm. you know, obviously being with my kids. I love, you know, my kids are all over the country now, so no one's at home. My, I have two kids in L.A., one in Boulder, one in Madison, I love visiting them. I love going and see. I just saw Marley, my daughter, who lives in Boulder. We were just in Boulder for the weekend. It's so much fun. Um, yeah, I'm just, you know, I love my kids. I'm so proud of them. And, you know, it's even more special now that I can go visit them and they're, you know, where they live and yeah. meet all their friends and, just, you know, just see how their lives are evolving. Yeah, yeah. that's good. That's perfect. Yeah. David, thank you so much for taking time out of your incredibly busy schedule to talk to little old me. I really appreciate uh, it. Thank you. It's fun. Thanks. I'm glad you okay. reached out. Yeah, it's great. Thanks. I'm glad. You... Yeah. Go. <laughs> that's it. That's below the frame. We'll be back with a brand new episode next week. Get updates and stuff about Below the Frame and Muppets and Sesame Street and pretty much anything I feel like posting on my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and TikTok accounts at Welcome Matt V. Below the Frame is produced by me, Matt Vogel. The theme song was written by Stephanie DeBruzzo and performed by my band, The Mighty Weaklings. The podcast artwork was created by Dave Holtine at DaveHoltineDesign.com. Special thanks to Jan Nelson for giving me Jerry's stories and to Leslie Carrara Rudolph for sharing her memory and reading a story by the great Jerry Nelson. Thanks to David Rudman, Joey Mazzarino, and as always, my son Jack for being a part of this episode. And thanks to you, the fans, for listening. I am Matt Vogel. We'll see you next time when we go below the frame. Bye-bye. Go, go, go. Go, go, go.